If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. Hello and welcome to Take You to School with Dr. Tom Pritchard. I'm your host, JP at John Paws. With me, of course, the star of the show, the former WWE World Tag Team Champion, eight-time Smoky Mountain Wrestling Tag Team Champion, one of the greatest trainers ever in the history of the business, the doctor of desire himself, Dr. Tom Pritchard. Dr. Tom, how are you doing today, sir? John, I'm doing great today. We had a visit from a legend at JPWA this afternoon. Oh. Superstar Bill Dundee was on his way to Charlotte for the gathering. He stopped by JPWA for promos, and uh, a couple guys got in the ring and had a match for him. So it was a pretty good day. That's awesome. Was that planned yeah, was or not, not planned? Uh, no, no. He, uh, I knew he was going to come through, and he decided to stop by and say hi to everybody and uh, talk to him. It was great. Really good to see the Superstar. As as far as that, though, like, has he ever been there before or no? Yeah, he'd been there uh, a couple years ago for the Bobby Eaton Appreciation uh, show that uh, Sigmund threw for Bobby. And, you know, uh, things had changed, but, yeah, it was awesome. He uh, he stopped by and uh, gave the guys critiques on their promos, watched the match, and uh, had, had a good time. And they're spending the night in Knoxville tonight and going to Charlotte tomorrow and I think the bill's going to be there Friday and Saturday for the gathering. <clears throat> so, fun times. Have you ever wrestled Bill? Have I ever wrestled Bill? Well, hell, of course I wrestled Bill. Nice. A bunch, or I can't try. I know, obviously, Memphis, but. Well, he was a booker in. Uh, Mid-South. Mid-South. And he booked me in Mid-South. And. 
don't know if I should say this or not, but I will. Uh, I worked with him in the first match in the Superdome um, when Flair wrestled Terry Taylor, and it was rock and roll against uh, Midnight. And uh, I don't remember the whole card, but I just remember wrestling Bill uh, in the first match in the Superdome. I wrestled Bill a bunch in uh, Memphis and a few times in Louisiana. But, yes, I've been in the ring a few times with Bill. Ibsen says hello. Ibsen. Hello, Ibsen. Always good to hear from you, Ibsen. Yes. Yes. From Christopherson. Hi, I sent you a message. Please respond to the message. Uh, what was the message? I have no idea. I don't. I don't look at my messenger, uh, Facebook messenger, a whole lot. Anybody? Hey, Doink. Wow, Doink the Clown. Hello, everybody. Wow, nice. I wonder if that's Ray Apollo. Ah, I hope it is. If it is, hey, Ray. But uh, Dundee had a ton of success booking uh, Mid-South. Dundee ton. Had, had a huge ton of success. And uh, um, when, when I look back on it, it to think about how uh, basic storytelling really was with him, um, and I asked him about it tonight before the guys got there. And uh, I, I, was, I was saying, you know, the Rock and Roll Express and Midnight Express, along with Jim Cornette, um, Dr. and John. Okay, I thought he was going to say Dr. John. But anyway, uh, the success he brought to Mid-South using smaller guys, um, you know, having, having the audacity to break records there, you know, with, with guys who weren't supposed to. So uh, there is, there's a legacy there, and I actually did tell the guys. I knew he was coming. I did tell the guys earlier in the week, if you want to see something about Bill Dundee, watch the Dundee-Lawler-Loser-Leaves-Town match uh, because it's all the drama. They both had a – they were equal. You know, Bill, they were the perfect opponents for each other. They they just had a chemistry. Also, uh, there was a time where they had a hair versus hair match, Lawler and Dundee, and Lawler won. Dundee got his head shaved. They came back the next Saturday, and Dundee put up his wife's hair this time in a hair-versus-hair match. And uh, Lawler won again, and they shaved Dundee's wife's head. And the girl, the women were crying. I mean, he was part of some very uh, infamous angles. I think he was – He was. I believe it was Lawler and Dundee against the Moondogs with the Tupelo concession stand match. Was that Lawler and Dundee? Yep. It was the Moondogs. Okay, so he was a part of a lot of uh, famous Southern uh, folklore matches, I guess. And I like when anybody stops by just to uh, check out what, what's going on today. And the, the, the guys who worked tonight was their second match. They had a first match last night. Everybody had a match last night. But, you know, Bill Dundee walking in today – uh, <laughs> got a feel for talent in 2022. It ain't yesterday nice. no like more, that. John. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Now, speaking of legends, Bill Dundee obviously is definitely a legend. Ric Flair had his last match over the weekend. And Rick, yeah. uh, so Ric Flair obviously is retired. So now Ibsen's saying, why weren't you front row with Undertaker, <laughs> Brett, and Mankind if you were in I Nashville? I was in the back producing the show with Road Dog Scott and... Uh, uh, Kizarni and Bubba. So I was in the, I was in the back, helping out, directing traffic. Thank you, Ibsen. 
How was it back there? Uh, it was a good environment. It was all about Rick that night, and everybody knew it. Um, and it seemed like there were a lot of people in the back, especially at the end. Uh, and, and, and it was un, in an unusual way, but it was a good way because there was a lot of people there that you didn't expect there. And there were some people who weren't there that you'd expect there. So it was, it was a good, it was a good time. It really was. Um, so if you watched the match, you saw it <laughs> and, uh, but Rick was, uh, he was in good spirits afterwards when he came back. He was, uh, I, I don't think he was as emotional as th- people thought he was going to be at the end of it. So, if that makes any sense, you had Brett and Undertaker in the front row. You had Mick Foley there. You had people, uh, and then in the back, you know, you had other people too that were that were there. It was it, it was kind of cool. It was a it was a historic event, good, bad, or indifferent, and a lot of it was really, really good as far as the the. Uh, the vibe going around and you're looking around saying, well, that this is, this is kind of cool because people are here for, they're not, they weren't there for steamboat flair. They weren't, they knew that, but, but I thought Jeff and Jay lethal actually did do a hell of a job going out there in the beginning, especially with Jeff taking the beer and throwing it in the guy's face. (laughs) Any other time that would have been off limits. No man, if you ever get my, well, there wasn't going to be in again. So there was your time to do it. <laughs> you know, when Lawler stood up and slapped Kaufman, that wasn't going to be brought up again. So that was memorable for me. And, and the people were already on their feet and a buzz and all that stuff. And, and uh, everybody was there just to, to, to watch the spectacle of Ric Flair. That's what I think. And I, I know I was, uh, no, I, I said hi to Rick backstage, and, and that was it. He pretty much stayed away from everybody all night, I think, and stayed in his room um, because he had a lot. I, I, I'm sure he was just just uh, into that moment thinking about that night, So, as, as well he should be. But I, overall, I thought it was a great night. Uh, I got went and met Sin. We got in. Um, Saturday night, and uh, I picked him up at the airport. I drove in. He flew in from Vegas and picked him up at the airport. We went and ate. Then we went to the, uh, had a production meeting that night, Saturday night. And just hearing the lineup, looking at the lineup and the different companies. I, I knew there were different companies on there, but I, I wasn't sure. I didn't know how many. And uh, so it was, I think, all Japan or New Japan. New Japan. New Japan. Okay. Those guys. Uh, a lot of guys. New Japan, AAA, WB, AEW, Impact, MLW, uh, NWA, technically. Everybody was there. So who who else uh, would have all those companies there um, <laughs> with you being the focal point? You know, right. it, it, was, it was kind of it, – it, Looking at it from the outside, saying, "Damn, there is some cooperation going on here," and 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 it could have been thought the other way too that, "Oh my God, all these egos and all these uh, uh, different 
personalities could go haywire in a minute, but they didn't and it, because everybody knew it was about uh, Ric Flair, and it was. So in that case, it was awesome. Rick wanted Vince there. Vince wasn't there, was he? <laughs> I didn't see him. So, but uh, I don't think he was. Was Bruce there? No, he was not. Wow, so no Vince, no Bruce. Nope. What do you think about that? I think he had other things to do. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> I don't know uh, what to think or what to assume. Well, Vince, I expect not to be there, but wasn't Bruce in town for uh, SummerSlam? Or did he leave right after? I don't know. I didn't talk to him. Damn. So he's got a that's kind of information we need. You know? He's doing his thing. I'm doing my thing. We weren't going to call and cross-examine each other right then at that point. <laughs> I think I think I knew already he was not going to be there, uh, but he didn't give me his specific reason. I didn't really ask. Huh. There were a lot of people that that were there that that, um, like I said, I didn't I didn't expect, but I did not expect them. And then there were other people that I kind of expected that I didn't see. So uh, I get it, and everybody would understand that. But from my perspective, I had the the the, the uh, first match with Narita and Yuya, and I stayed back there, and and pretty much sitting back there watching it from the monitors and backstage where everybody was coming in and going to the ring. I I, I watched the Rock and Roll versus uh, Pillman uh, and Arn uh, Brock outside in the arena to get a feel, you know for the the buzz and there was a pretty good buzz the lucha match man i'm telling you uh with toro or taurus or whatever and and the ray phoenix laredo kid yes yeah man uh i get it (laughs) that's what the people were popping in the appropriate places and they were really actually doing some good stuff and and that's what that was for i and Man, I I give those guys props because it was awesome. I really I enjoyed that match. I really did, and I really and that's not, <laughs> but it is because you you can't deny when they were that talented and that good. So and they were, man, they were that that talented and that good. I thought. What other matches were you part of? Uh, Killer Cross and Davy Boy. Killer Cross and Davy Boy, um, and the uh, Impact uh, Triple Threat with the ladies, uh, right before the main event. So, man, uh, I, I think everybody approached it the right way and came out and uh, were happy to be a part of it. And and it was an overall uh, really good, good, uh, good feeling to be a part of it, I guess. It was, it was great to see. It, the good thing, I think, is it was great to see some people I haven't seen in a while. That I didn't even know I wanted to see, you know. But then you see yep. him, and you go, "Damn, I'm glad I got to see this guy for a while." I saw Joe Gomez uh, from Tampa for the first time in a long time, and uh, he, he's a guy. He's, he's friends with with a lot of people, and uh, always a good guy to see. Always a good, you know what I mean. It was a good feeling to see him. It it created a good atmosphere, and 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 it was good for my. Uh, uh, Good for my my thinking about uh, 
when people pass away and stuff because you want to make sure we lost a lot of people along the way. And this is what I'm thinking of these days. I'm not trying to be morbid, but you don't know when you're going to see somebody next. And like that's what the Continental uh, Reunion in Dothan is so good. Dennis Gale makes it a point, you know, for the guys who were left, you know, like the Ron Fullers, the Robert Fullers, the Jimmy Goldens, the, the Roy Lee Welch, uh, the Jerry Stubbs, guys who were in, in that territory, you know, you still get to see each other while the, while there's time. There's people who, who don't, you know, who genuinely liked each other uh, and don't get to see each other in a while. So then there's some people you just don't want to see, John. Shit. Hmm. Saw a few of those, too. Did you see the Undertaker? <laughs> or did you speak to the Undertaker? What's that? Did you talk to Undertaker? Yeah. He came by and said hello right before he went out and had a seat. And sure did. Yeah, so that was cool. Nice. Yeah. Ibsen said the Mexican wrestlers were at the ECW arena last month, and they had a great match there as well. No doubt. No doubt. I mean, I I, I can see those guys going out, and uh, but shit, that's it's not easy. So that's why I give me more props because it's great. Uh, Doctor Phil Tom, says good evening. Very nice. Hello, Hello Phil. So let's change gears. Let's talk to the topic at hand, which we want to talk a little bit about, a Barack Lesnar, the beast. Did you have any input in the training of Brock Lesnar? That's what I want to know. Where did you first meet him? Where did you first see him? Uh, I first met Brock in uh, OVW. Uh, always talked to him, but I didn't have any hand in, in hands-on training. And when I would come, uh, it was Rip. uh Usually Rip running practice. Danny would too, but Rip running practice. And uh, and Brock was I, – I would say Brock was a natural too right off the bat as far as understanding what this was. Kurt Angle understood what this was from, from the beginning too. So And Brock was that, that um, caliber of athlete too. I uh, knew his stuff and he understood this was what it was. But as far as hands-on and getting in the ring and uh, even I, – I would watch him train, but he he was uh, he was talented from the start. I know that. And he did that. He could do that uh, – is it the Shooting Star? Shooting Star Press? Yep, Shooting Star Press. Yep. Yeah, he, he, he wanted to do that early on, and that was something that finally, I think after doing it a couple times uh, – Danny and Jimmy both said, hey, you need to, it's okay to be able to do that, but you need to save that for when it's special. So, but no, I didn't have a whole lot of input with uh, Brock. What a freak athlete, though, to be able to do that and be that big, you know what I mean? And be that's amazing. Well, it is amazing. And then that's why he was special because he wasn't just doing it to, uh, uh, to do the move and, and being rigid, rigid with it. Uh, when he climbed up there, he was, he was climbing up there with purpose, and he, and he could do it uh, pretty damn good. So he made it look good, as big as he is especially, and as, as uh, agile at that size uh, as he was, was pretty damn impressive. And that's why he is that guy. That, he's that one guy today, I think. There's, there's other guys who have authenticity with him, but he's that one guy who's unpredictable and – dangerous he sends off that danger vibe that at any minute 
if you cross the line, he would kill you. <laughs> that's that's the feeling I get. So, um, and whether he would or wouldn't, nobody should know. Nobody should ever find out. But it's just that that uh, aura that he sends off that you understand at any time he could hit you with the elbows and he could he could do some damage and leave you wounded severely. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's real. He's he's that guy. And I think he's always had that perception about him. And if you not, remember, he should have. Do you remember a couple of years ago when Braun Strowman, like, need him? I don't know if you remember this. They were literally in the middle of a match, and Strowman need him, and he got up, and he just gave him a quick little jab yeah. shot, and he said, yeah. slow the fuck down. Right. Yeah, I, I remember that, and, and that's the only – solution to that because otherwise it would have been a, a freight train keep gaining momentum instead of just whoa stop now nobody wants to get hit uh or stiffed i mean you're gonna do enough wear and tear as it is and big guys falling down is a lot different than a smaller guy you know you're, you're taking a lot of punishment so uh rightfully so brock's he doesn't want to get hurt, so don't hurt me. I won't hurt you. But you got to go out there. You're going to feel it as it is. So, yeah, no no, no doubt. He's just telling him to slow down. He wobbled the big man. It was just a little shot, but he wobbled him. You could tell. <laughs> yeah, I would think. That's that's why uh, yeah, was, we were talking about this last night. That's why if anybody throws a punch and you don't wobble and you don't sell it, it looks like shit. And... Uh, it makes no sense. Even though everybody thinks they know what's going on and thinks they know everything, they don't know anything. And they want to have their belief suspended. And at least don't go out and, and ruin the movie for me. It, let's continue and think, shoot, but work. So, yeah, Brock Lesnar kicking or somebody for real and punching somebody for real, you'll know the difference. The operator says he walloped him. <laughs> well, no doubt. Walloping oh, yeah. is he got walloped. What a wallop. Anyway. From Matty R., good old Matt, how good would Dr. Tom say Brock's ring IQ is? I, You know, I, he's got a pretty good uh, sense to him. He, he's got instincts. He really does. I believe he does. I've seen it. And I don't know what his ring IQ would be, but he's got pretty good instincts and, and sensibilities about what to do. Even... Uh, even if things might get lost in the translation, Brock seems to always uh, have something and know what to do. And that's, yeah, I think he's got a pretty high IQ, actually. What do you think about his ring psychology? Do you like it? I do. I do like his ring psychology because he's a big son of a gun. He's the biggest and baddest that they got. And, uh, what makes him that way, I think, is the unpredictability and that danger factor that you know um, you can you can laugh with him and joke with him until you can't, until he gets tired of you and says, all right, move away, get out of my space, and that means leave the building. Um, you know, he's that guy because he can turn on a dime and uh, – I, at least that's that's what he that's what he presents to me when I see him. He's that guy that uh, 
yeah, real, it, it can be pleasant. He understands he can't bite your head off right there in public. There's witnesses. But if you step out of line, he doesn't care who sees it or hears it. He will destroy you. According to John Nord, this is from Phil, according to John Nord, Brock and Brad Riggins, very close. In fact, when Brad was ill, wasn't going to get treatment. Brock dropped everything and went to Brad's house and forced him to go. Is that is that a true story? Well, um, I could see that. I mean, uh, I wouldn't be shocked. I, I haven't heard that, but uh, if John says it, I love John Nord too. I just saw him a couple of years last year, whenever it was at the gathering. <clears throat> oh, he was there last year too. I believe he was. But last year was uh, uh, that was when I gave the thing to Bobby Fulton, and then uh, John was there, and he came down downstairs, and uh, he's a, he's a great guy. He's a funny guy too. He was authentic for for the bit times he was in the business too. He was a. Uh, uh, well, he he was one of those guys that uh, kind of reminded me of Hawk almost. That boy, he'd have fun with you until he got tired of you. Then it's like, uh, okay, you need to leave or else. And nine times out of ten, people left. <laughs> it was that one guy. It was that one guy. So, have you met Brad Reagans? Oh no, I have not. No. Have not met Brad. Another guy who could be considered a great trainer out there, yes. Brad Reagans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure was. Doug the Legend Hello, Masters. Doug. Hello, a gentleman. Nice. Yeah, Doug's wearing a very nice tuxedo tonight. What's one thing personally you think that Brock Lesnar needs to work on? If there is a one thing that he needs I, to work I, on, I wouldn't even know where to start because Brock knows how to work as his size. He knows what to do. He's real. And I couldn't tell him how to be any more real than he already is, quite honestly. So to even contemplate that, I wouldn't. The funny thing is people would say promos, promos, and then now you've seen him without Heyman. It's like, oh, his promos are great. Even if you go back to UFC, he's got a great promo. Yeah, it, he's, if he's, he's speaking from his heart. And he's he's believing what he's saying, and so yeah, I, I don't I couldn't say hey Brock I would put it a little differently because he's got Paul Heyman uh, <laughs> is one of those guys that can see people and know people better than they know themselves, and he can uh, direct you that way is my thoughts, and I I think him speaking for anybody in the business uh, is a plus it's a bonus. Do you like Cowboy Brock Lesnar? Well, I don't. I don't mind it because I think that's Brock. Um, he's he's a cowboy and he's a butcher, right? He does the meats. Yep. So that's that's Brock. Who just happens to also be a wrestler. Have, have you ever noticed uh, a lot of the guys, well, maybe you haven't, but some of the guys in wrestling were farmers and worked on ranches and stuff like that, like the Funks, like the Fullers, the Welches, um, 
the guys in Alabama or or Eddie Graham, stuff like that. I mean, they for some reason <laughs> you, you you got those kind of cowboys who who are the real deal. And Brock from Minnesota or. He's from Minnesota, right? Yeah. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Did that wrestling in the, in the cold and, and, you know, that, that, that environment, that climate, uh, does one or two things to you, makes you tougher or just kills you. Some people just fight through the adversity and that's what makes them who they are. And, and uh, when you got to wear those cowboy hats and them furry jackets by god who's going to tell them it looks funny and stupid not me so me neither yeah his iq is high because he spent his first year in the business with gerald briscoe interesting thought there good that's that's a great way to look at it because yeah uh i think gerald definitely taught him uh the ways of the road and the ways of the business and so, and Brock trusted Gerald, rightfully so. So basically, Gerald Briscoe scouted him, and Jim Ross signed him. Correct? I believe so. Yeah. And uh, but here and there, I, I think both of them had the same idea. Jerry knew, and Jr. knew, and then once he met Vince, Vince knew. You know, he was he was he had the aptitude to do this. It's a good question. What did Dr. Tom think of Brock's SummerSlam match? Did you see that? And have you ever seen a tractor involved in a match before? <laughs> I have not. Um, but I think, you know, we keep. I, it used to be a joke. What, what do we have to do next? What are we going to keep doing for these great finishes? You know, how, how is it going to come to, how are you going to top this one? How are you going to top this one? No, what are you going to do for this one? Well, you know, now, what are you going to do for this? How are you going to top... Uh, you know, tractor coming down. I don't know. Uh, but I did not see the match. I haven't seen the match yet. But I have seen the pictures. And, uh, I mean, I, that's something people that went to that show will never forget. And Brock will never forget it. And the Roman Reigns. I saw the picture where they stacked everything on top of Brock. It was the last man standing, right? So he couldn't get up. And... Uh, how how else can you beat Brock Lesnar? That's perfect. That's that's so ridiculous. It's great. It's 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 so over the top, but it makes sense for these two titans, these two come to life action figures, Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. Uh, you know, Brock comes down with a tractor. That's that's what superheroes do. <laughs> that's what not 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 just mere mortals getting a tractor and and run the ring over. You know you can get in trouble for that stuff in in the real world. But oh, you know then you stack stuff on top of him. Roman Reigns holds the title up. I mean, perfect storytelling. And people say, um, wrestling's not the same, and it shouldn't be the same. 
you know, you need to improve it. You need to get it more exciting. I, I get all that. Uh, but a guy that I think, come to think of it, this is a great example of how a, a guy is – authentic as Brock Lesnar understands the show business part of what he, what he's doing. This is the art part. This is the art form. I'm a, I'm a world-class wrestler, but in order, order to beat you, this is the last man standing match. I've got to get in my tractor. I've got to destroy the ring. And then we're going to get in there. I guess. Did he do it before the match? He brought it out before the match, but at the end of the match, when he hit, hit the ring, right? Near the end when he did the tractor, okay, so, where he so picked it up, yeah. That's storytelling. Brock could have said, hell no, that's ridiculous. Why would I do something like that? But instead he said, no, that's great. That's awesome. I'm going to make it even more awesome because it's, it's having fun and giving people memories along the way. So uh, th- that's a great idea. I think if anybody else did that except Brock Lesnar, nobody would care. Um, yep. So... Phil says next time he's going to bring a cow with him as a weapon. Well, by God, he's great at cow tipping, so he can he can damn sure bring a cow. I don't think I have any trouble finding one. The right honorable says Brock never took it out of first gear. That is that is true. Craig well, asked, "Did any other wrestlers think less of Brock for sleeping with another wrestler's woman, aka Sable and Mark Merrow?" of that so I don't know. I don't know. You didn't oh you didn't know about that? Well no I knew about that. I said oh. you're asking me did other wrestlers think yes. less of Brock. I don't know what they thought of Brock. Um I I think whatever Brock did <laughs> and it's it's a two way street. Uh whatever Brock did and whatever um the other person's wife, oh Sable Merrill uh, whatever they did, they both did it. So why would you think any less of Brock? Uh, I don't think he was forcing himself on her. I don't know. I don't know what other, the other guy Jason says, didn't Kurt Hennig find Brock Lesnar? Originally I heard an interview with Hennig about him, how he helped train him in Minnesota. Possible. I mean, I, I really don't know that either. It could be. Uh, Kurt might have known him first and turned Jerry on to him or, or WWE. Could be. I mean... Not out of the realm of possibility. The right says uh, Brock was a known quantity while at the University of Minnesota. He was about as big as he is now. I think yeah. Gerald Briscoe, he's probably on his radar anyway. Right. I mean, yeah, he's yeah, probably yeah. on Hennig's yeah. radar too, but he's definitely on Jerry's radar. But a guy, but a guy that size with that uh, look and personality, he would have to be on the radar somehow. And because and, Jerry knew everybody in, in the colleges too and the coaches, he probably wrestled with and coached with them. So by all means, that's... That makes perfect sense. He also says Sable and Arrow had some issues at that point. Well, I think if if somebody strays in, in marriage, there's issues. I, I yeah. That's a telltale yeah. sign right there. Yep. Mark, actually, he's, I've interviewed him before, and he's talked about issues and how they, you know, they were still together, still married, and he found out she was cheating with Brock, and... Yeah. Obviously, he didn't do anything, but he said Brock would have probably killed him, even though he was right. in the wrong. Technically, we said Brock would have killed him. Yeah, but but I mean, you know, it not only happens in life, I mean, or or in show business, but it happens in life, and normal people who who don't have, uh, who don't have the extra added pressure slash stress in in wrestling, you know, with your 
you're being around good looking in shape people every day uh you know what it sounds terrible what but what do you expect um if you're living under a rock then okay i get it but if you're not then what do you expect and if you don't have issues i mean if you love somebody and you're married to them and you're committed to them well then if that's true then you wouldn't stray but if you're in the land of eden and the snake comes up to you and says hey (laughs) it's going to be a lot more fun over here than sitting in your room alone tonight uh unless you're just a uh, an exceptionally strong person, you're not going to do that. Or you're going to do that. So, Here's an interesting two-parter for you. Oh, okay. Personally, what match do you want to see him in that he's never been in before? Lumberjack match, strap match, dog collar match. Interesting. Well, um, okay, lumberjack match. I don't know if that would be that exciting or why I would call for it. Strap match. I get it, but dog collar match, I don't really know. I, I I think what gets what gets Brock over with me is the the realism and the fact that he's he is who he is. And there he's not playing a part, he's just turning up his personality. And he's just uh for instance, when I talk about instincts you don't have to tell him how to move in the ring. You don't have to tell him to keep his hands up. You don't have to tell him um, where to be. He knows instinctively where to be and, and how the story should be told, even if it gets lost. For instance, if somebody gives him a knee and he has to come out and say, bam, loosen up to continue the story, he can pick up right. He knows how to transition to that. And and you can't necessarily always teach that. That has to be inside, I think, my, this is my opinion. You have to have that originally, and if you don't know how to use it at first, somebody has to bring it out of you. And if that means working with, like, for instance, I think Braun Strowman, as a big man, had some talent. I really do. But there were times he was still rushing, and there were times when, when he didn't know exactly um, to let how to let it breathe. He thought he had to keep moving. And uh, the only way you learn when to slow down and stop moving is to let somebody tell you. And they tell you verbally or physically or both. So I think uh, any match Brock gets in should make sense. And he and he would know how to make it make sense. Unless he didn't, didn't feel it. So, Do you think that the because people are saying too much Lesnar reigned? Do you think it, they overdid that match or no? Because it seemed like everybody was into it once it was happening. But who else is he going to work with? Uh, who's his opponent? Randy's out, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Who who else? Uh, <laughs> who else was Roman going to work with? Who who is? I mean, do you have Seth and Roman again? I mean, I I understand it, but has that been overdone? It seems like. It seems like there's there's when it comes right down to it, does this feel better than this, or do we go ahead and go with this because we know this? I don't know. I mean, I I just don't know what the option the the other <clears throat> option would be. The thing is, 
the, everyone was going crazy, but the crowd was loving it. Then when the match happens, they're loving it. Then supposedly, uh, after the match was over, you know, uh, Triple H and Stephanie were hugging him in the backstage and everybody was almost like he was leaving kind of thing. Like they were so, you know, just uh, very emotional. But then I read the following day, he's, uh, he's on their January 1st show day one, I think they call it uh, day one pay-per-view. So he's on that show for 2023. So he's not gone, but everybody was very emotional afterwards and was giving him hugs and saying, he did such a great job. So people got nervous. Like, Oh, that means his last match. And then immediately the next day they had him signed up for another match. Well, uh, did, did they think he was gone because he was emotionally involved in Vince leaving? Do you think that, that was, was a rumor? Yeah. Well, in, in that instance, what immediately goes through my mind is this: I, I really don't think uh, Vince wants to hurt any anything connected with WWE. I really do believe he wants the best for the company. And, and for selfish reasons or whatever it may be. But I think it would hurt the company for Brock to leave. And would, it, would there be a possibility that Vince told Brock, listen, do this, and this is business. I'll be fine. And reassure him. I, that, would, that would make him go, you're right. And, and the right thing to do would be stay. Uh they would do everything, I think, they being the powers that be, would do everything they could to make it um, palatable for Brock and in his best interest. He's a businessman. So I think emotions can run, run high or <clears throat> get the best of us all. But when it comes right down to it, Brock understands. Uh, there's nowhere else he's going to go and get this treatment and have this job he may not need it i'm sure he doesn't but at the same time there might be people saying brock uh <laughs> what's it gonna take for you to stay that's what i would think but i, I don't know i'm just surmising i think phil's right hunting season is coming up so good point sid loves softball brock loves hunting so he can yeah. have that i mean he could have it on his terms uh, you know how many, how however many TVs a year he's guaranteed to do or whatever, and he picks them uh, unless they're really needed. And who knows? Now the right thinks that uh, Roman needs to get the belt off him. I don't know about that, but he was saying good match, but everyone knew that Roman was going to win. I, I know I kind of got invested. I thought Roman was going to win, but I got invested because they kept he. I mean, Lesnar was getting out of everything. Like they were hitting him with the kitchen sink. He kept getting up. Well, so, I, uh, you know, it wouldn't. Here's here's what I thought. It wouldn't have surprised me one bit for uh, for them to switch the title at the same time. That's a good point. He brought up earlier about hunting season. You know, Brock probably doesn't want a full time schedule and doesn't want to be committed. But he, I, I think used. Uh, here and there sparsely or however he wanted to be used, it that makes sense. But, yeah, I don't know. Who, once again, who do you put the belt on? Not Roman Reigns is doing a really good job, I think. And it doesn't matter how many times he defended the title. Back in the old days, the champion didn't defend the title every damn week. It, it meant something. I mean, I'm not saying we could do it today, but why can't we? <laughs> you know, set the president, I know, precedent. I believe Triple H at one time felt that too, that if not so many title changes, not so many title defenses, we kind of make them special again. Can you do that in 2022? 
I, I don't know. I don't know if you can or can't. But it's an interesting concept to me not to have the champion defend the title every time or, or go out there and, and be seen all the time. And I backtrack when I say that because I understand the network deals, cable deals, might demand top stars. And your champion is obviously the top star, so they, they do want to see him on TV. I understand that. So so how do you make that work? I don't know. But I wouldn't take the I wouldn't take the titles off of uh uh Roman Reigns. No, me neither. Yeah. Does he still hunt in Canada? Yes. Saskatchewan, yes. Big hunting season. Uh, it's come up soon. He'll we'll, he'll be in Canada hunting. I believe it's Saskatchewan. Well, again, if you know he he has earned that uh, status where he can call his shots, and I believe the company would want to work with him no matter what. He should team up with Shelton Benjamin eventually and fight the Bloodline because he teamed with him him before, and obviously they enjoy teaming together. OVW tag champ. Uh, that would be interesting. Him and Shelton together. Yeah, I thought that that would be an, an, an interesting matchup. So you never know. What about uh, Roman and Brock teaming up? What about those two? Be like the Mega Powers; they could kill everybody. Yeah, that, you sure would. That'd be another interesting matchup. Then you'd have to have some really good heels for them to fight. How much does he lift? Bench press, etc. Uh, the last I heard, it was four thousand three hundred forty-eight nine million pounds. <laughs> I don't know. It was funny about like some of the guys. Like they say, Cena. Oh, he's so strong in the weight room. When you actually get Cena in the ring and stuff, you could tell he's he could pick like Big Show up on his back, squats, but he's got no like real strength. Lesnar, that's real strength. He could throw Big Show around like a baby. Like like him, the Steiner brothers. Those guys are freakishly strong because it's not lifting the weights and you know. People that don't, you know, things that don't move in inanimate objects. I and mean, Lesnar and the Steiner brothers. I mean, they literally throw guys around like crazy. That's why they're those special elite athletes. They really yeah. are, and that, that's why when people talk like they know, they don't know. <laughs> but, but Brock and the Steiners and those guys, they do know, and and that's the scary part about them. People people believe because they are those guys. And uh, the great thing about them is those guys have understood that uh, there's a time for that, and there's a time for business, and there's a time to to know the difference. And, you know, that's where the, the ring IQ and the instincts and all this stuff comes into play because there have been big guys who didn't understand that and thought it was just about throwing people around or showing how strong they were. It's not about that. And... Uh, it's it's great when guys like that with that much talent get it and want to want to have fun with it. So I think Brock, I think Brock has a good time when he's out there, and uh, so I I think he should continue having fun doing whatever else he wants to do, whether it's hunting or just chilling out. What wrestler from the territory era do you think would work great against Brock? Ooh, what about Bruiser Brody? That was the first guy I thought of, too. Yeah, Brody, though. Brody and Brock would be, that'd be incredible. Here in Japan, they'd take it everywhere. Yeah. They would stiff the hell out of each other. (laughs) Yeah, but they'd both love it, and they both wouldn't stop. And they they would be, because, man, if those two big guys don't hit each other hard, it's going to look like shit, and everybody's going to fart at the match, and they know that. 
uh, that was a great thing about the guys back in the air, the uh, territory areas. No, I don't hunt. Uh, my dad took my older brothers hunting and fishing, but when Bruce and I came along, he stopped. So, no, I, I was I was neglected as a child. No, I really wasn't. I just, no, we just don't hunt. Sorry. Can't help myself telling lies. What do you think is, like, the uh, the legacy of Lesnar? Because, obviously, legit guy, but UFC, world heavyweight champion, beat a bunch of world champions, which was, you know, great. He even returned a few years ago, beat Mark Hunt. I know he got, he got technically no contest, but, he, you know, he beat the crap out of Mark Hunt. Um, what do you think? And, obviously, you know, multiple times to be champion just i mean his, his resume is just ended amazing the undertaker streak ended I mean, the undertaker that's, streak that's, that's huge you have to think about that and that's that is just one layer of his legacy and you're right you, 10 times to be champion huh 10 times to be champion yeah he was the youngest champion right or was it randy technically randy okay well, at one time, Brock was until yeah. Randy came along. So, yep, two years uh, later. But yeah. he, he, he won it at a young age. He had it at a young age, and uh, he listened at a young age. He, he he was very coachable. And what I mean by that is the guys he was in the ring with, and they were talking to him and outside the ring. And I think, regardless of what anybody says, he got a great education in OVW. He really, really did. It was a place where he could get his reps. And he may not have felt like he belonged there, uh, but that was a huge part of the, of his journey along the way, and he did develop. And it was good that he did have a place to go and and er, learn the things he learned there, uh, from from driving the ring truck to the timing, uh, being on time, having responsibility in in professional wrestling at that level. You either appreciate it, and when you get to the, to the main stage, you uh, you understand why you went through it. But I think he's that kind of athlete, though. I really do, because he understands that. He understands there is uh, a process along the way, and, and you without this, there is no that. So I think that's a huge part of his uh, learning and legacy, too, OVW coming in there with Shelton and uh, being that powerhouse where people first got a sense that this guy was going to be a huge, huge star. So I think that he always had confidence, but I think that added to his confidence along the way. All right, let's talk some random questions that, that popped in. Chris Francis from Brantford, Ontario, home of the old WF tapings. Any stories, Dr. Tom? Uh, about uh, Ontario, Ontario. I, 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 uh, I don't really have any stories from, no, I don't, because uh, I'm not really, I don't remember the Brantford, Ontario home of uh, old WWF tapings, but I had, a, I had a great time wherever I went, so the stories kind of run together, John, actually. Yes. Yeah. From... Danny, or Donnie, I guess. What is the better WWF tag team, Skip and Zip or the Heavenly Bodies? Uh, neither, actually. Uh, well, no, hold on. I'll say this. Uh, because we would have had Jimmy Del Rey. I'll tell you what would have been a better team. It would have been Jimmy Del Rey and Chris Candido. And 
watch those guys work together with uh, Miss Sonny in their corner, I think that would have been an exceptional team. Who do you think would win in a shoot fight between Buzz Sawyer and Adrian Street? Hmm. Well, uh, that's a hard one. I'll, I'll tell you right now that is a hard one because I think I know for a fact Buzz would bite. I'm pretty sure Adrian would bite. And uh, I, I don't know if Buzz would know that half of his face was eaten. I think he would still be fighting. I think it might wind up with both uh, rolling over a hill onto a cliff, crashing to the rocks below, both dying instantly. <laughs> I have no idea. Will Undertaker come back maybe in the future from never, Ian Inkling? Never say never. You, I mean, never say never. I don't know, but uh, who knows what. Man, a lot of things have happened this year that uh, is going to change the landscape for a lot of things. So I don't know that he wants to, obviously. I think he's okay with just stepping back. But coming back for for a special attraction or something like that, WrestleMania or whatever it may be, I never say never. Mike G, is Dr. Tom pissed he doesn't have any toys well, made of him? Well, hell yes. Damn right. They, wouldn't you? I mean, they took everybody, and, and it was one of those things where – all right, I'll get your message. So, do, what do you say? And, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I was sure pissed. Soon, though. You'll have them soon. Well, if we ever get them from China. Oh. Yeah. They're supposed to be coming soon, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, shit, yeah, man. I mean, hell. The operator says the heavenly bodies. He picked them, by the way. He remembers Jimmy, the, obviously, Gigolo, Jimmy Del Rey, Gigolo's, with that awesome dance. Yeah. Was he? He, um, he was a really, he was a hell of a worker. He really was in the ring. He he knew how to entertain. He, um, I thought he was great. Mikey Mack, Heavenly Bodies versus Steiner Brothers at SummerSlam, a '93 Classic Tag Match, one of my favorites. Any memories of that, Doctor Tom? Thanks for entertaining. Thanks, Mikey Mack. Uh, yeah, I. I thought that was a really good match, too. And the Steiners were great. They had their mom and sister uh, at ringside, but but they were, uh, uh, both, <laughs> they were both really great. Yeah, it was a good match. And uh, we worked with them a couple oh, – shit, man, we worked with them in uh, Smoky Mountain a couple times. And they were always great. Yeah, a lot of fun and good matches. We, uh, Scott brought his dog to Knoxville. Um, and it was, uh, us against, I think I'm, I, I'm pretty sure it was Knoxville. It was in Smoky Mountain, but it was, uh, uh, that he brought the dog and Jimmy was terrified of the dog. It was a pit bull, I think. And, uh, Scott was having fun back in the back messing with the dog and Jimmy and Jimmy go into the stall and stand on the toilet and, and try to get away from the dog. <laughs> yeah. Lots of fun, right? Well, we're at ringside and the dog comes. You know, with the Steiners and stuff, we sell it and get out. During a spot, uh, Scott bumps me out. I, I roll outside the ring, 
come right around in front of the dog. The dog jumps up and nips at me. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. back yep, yep. And, and i sold it like he got me you know what i mean it was yeah but the dog we came back and says no the dog's working jimmy told us says, yeah he knows how to work <laughs> so <laughs> i thought thank god because he was he came pretty damn close to castrating me right there yeah uh, shit. But, they, but but they were a lot of fun man they really were was, uh yeah i enjoyed it's a little scary things. yes a little scary <laughs> a little scary because because the dog would chase jimmy in the, in the locker room and and get right up on him and he'd kind of growl and do that snapping part, but Scott would pull it back. But my thought was, what if he doesn't pull it back or, or slips, and the dog goes forward? It was it was it was funny, but it was scary too. So yeah. When and how did you realize you wanted to become a trainer and train some uh, wrestlers? When, when I was offered the gig, <laughs> when I knew. Uh, I got to tell you, I had been kicked in the face, um, and in Smoky Mountain, and uh, my neck has never been the same. And it, I kept getting landed, I kept landing on my neck too. So it was time to find uh, a way out of the ring. I knew that, and I was it was at the right place at the right time, and it was offered. And I said, I would love the opportunity. How many more years do you think Brock will wrestle? He's 45 right now. Wow. As long as he wants. I really believe that. As I couldn't even tell you. I wouldn't even know what to think. Is I would just say Brock can do it as long as he wants because he's one of those guys. that he. I'm sure he feels uh, some injuries and nagging stuff, but uh, he's that elite athlete. Have you ever been ribbed by Marty Jannetty? No, no, I haven't been ribbed by Marty. Thank God. I had no, I haven't. Lucky you. When is the next time you'll be producing backstage for a wrestling promotion? Uh, at the end of this month, I'm going to St. Louis with the NWA uh, for the weekend, and then we have three days of tapings in Nashville. So that's an adventure. I'm about to embark on, which I'm looking forward to because some of the guys um, I've known for a while are, are there Aaron Stevens, uh, uh, Tyrus, Trevor Murdoch, Robert Anthony, uh, my God, Tom uh, Latimer, 
so a lot of a lot of really cool guys uh that, that we're gonna see how it goes all right, let's talk about your book, a pro wrestling curriculum, advice, suggestions, stories to help the aspiring pro get to the next level. Like Tom, where can you get this awesome book? You can get that awesome book at jpwrestlingacademy.com. Hit the front page. It'll take you, or hit the uh, training uh, gimmick on the top. It'll take you to the front page. You can get the book. You can find out how to join uh, JPWA, fill out an application, find out what we're doing, get our schedule. Uh, we are in week five, John, of the summer class coming up on the fall class. That's a 10-week session, and that's the last class of 2022. So uh, if you go to jpwrestlingacademy.com, you can find out our schedule, find out how to apply, and uh, find out some other stuff about Patreon on there, too. Nice, good stuff. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Two Man Power Trip. Check out the website tmptempire.com. You can follow Dr. Tom on Twitter at Dr. Tom Pritchard. Also, go to Pro Wrestling Tees, ProWrestlingTees.com. Visit the JPWA store or the Dr. Tom store. Love the Wanted Dead or Alive shirt. That is a good one. Awesome. Yeah, So, and we're, we're plugging along, man. Like I said, we, uh, we're about to finish up our fifth week. Uh, so we're at the halfway mark, and these guys are doing great. I mean, they, they've been sweating and, and not quitting and uh, <laughs> doing a hell of a job proud of this crew. Matty R says, thank you, John. Pazza. Dr. Tom, another great podcast. Thank you, Matty R. Nice. Thanks, Matt. Anything else going on with That's you? That's it. That's it. The end of the month, uh, going with the NWA. Uh, looking forward to that. And uh, um, that's about it for right now. All right. Good stuff, as always. Thank you, everybody, for all the questions, and thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll be right back here next week for a little Take It to School with Dr. Tom Pritchard. We'll see you next week, folks. This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the two-man power trip of wrestling. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at two-man power trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash tmptempire to become a patron and also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two-man power trip where the power lies, brother. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.